Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode 136, I believe, of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McEady, and I missed you. It's been like two full weeks now since I recorded an episode, and uh, I don't know. I've like stopped and started this like 40 times. Like I need to like, it's like so funny. I take a week off even though I've been doing this for three years, and it still feels sometimes like the first time I've ever recorded my voice where I'm like tapping the the microphone to see if it's on. Um But I'm back, 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 back again, and I have power, and I'm so happy, thank God. Um, If you've been following my journey, then you'll know that I was without power for four days, and uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details, this is escapism, like, you have your own shit going on, I'm not going to, like, bore you with mine, but um, just know that I'm okay, I'm fine, I was able to salvage my food, like, I found a freezer to put it in, everything ended up being fine. One of my really good, actually, to be honest with you, I did end up having to break quarantine because I was afraid that all of my quarantine food was going to rot. And I had this freezer full of like meat that I had just gotten from this like meat market. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't. The Midwestern like fucking trash bucket in me was like, I can't, I can't watch this much food just spoil slowly in my freezer and I can't throw it away And it was like 80 degrees outside and I had no other option. So my friend, who also, by the way, had been quarantined for like a month. um, And I know that that's still breaking quarantine and whatever, but it was the only option that I had. I couldn't sit in my fucking apartment for four days. Two and a half was enough. I was like, I literally, I have to get out of here or I'm going to lose my mind. But I did want to thank you guys for all the DMs that I got asking if I was okay. And you guys like worrying about me was super cute. Um... I'm fine. I mean, it got a little, the first couple of days, it did get a little, like, Robin Williams and Jumanji at the beginning. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I have all of a sudden dreads. Like, what's happening? Um, so as you've probably picked up from the title, we are doing an episode today, basically just kind of based around um, celebrities during the time of coronavirus, because I've just found it endlessly fascinating. Like, celebrities being in quarantine is just... They are the gift that keeps on giving. They are the not self-aware gift that just continues to give. And I was already planning on doing an episode on today's topic, but my thoughts and opinions on it have kind of been all over the place. And I'm actually happy that I did have those extra days to think about what I wanted to say and um, wait for some more like interesting stories to roll in. Also, by the way, at the end of this episode, I have a really fun moment with Kara Berry, um, where I brought her in, because I'm, I'm also endlessly fascinated by the Kardashians and how they're adapting to not being able to go outside and be photographed by Splash News. <laughs> so I, uh, I interviewed Kara Berry, and that's going to be at the end of the episode. It was super fun. And um, yeah, this is just going to be us like hanging out and, and like chatting and talking and getting updated and uh me basically going into weird fits of rage and laughing spells like i always do you know same old i am obsessed with the current state of celebrity 
And I know that I can't be the only one. That's why I wanted to do this episode. And I've been planning it for several weeks. But um, like I said, it got kind of pushed back. Hollywood as a whole has never felt more uncertain. I can't really recall a time, like in my lifetime at least, that Hollywood has felt this way. And I also can't really recall a time when celebrities were on such a level playing field with each other and like in like pseudo with the rest of the world like there's no hierarchy right now in celebrity you know what I mean like Farrah Abraham is no better than Tom Hanks you know what I mean like they nobody can go outside nobody can exploit their image nobody can do anything celebrities obviously have the resources to pay for treatments and you know you know test kits and their quarantine is a fucking joke you know what I mean? JLo being, in quotes, cooped up in her mall-sized home is absurd. Ellen saying that she feels like she's in jail or in prison is truly absurd. Like, if I can make it work and I'm doing fine in my fucking one-bedroom apartment, you stupid twat, I think that you should be okay. By the way, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Ellen today. We This is a, an Ellen-heavy episode, and I hope that you're okay with that. I have so many things to say about Ellen. I am obsessed with mean Ellen. I can't get enough. I'm feeding off of it. I'm literally, it's like Freddy Krueger and the, the souls of the people that he kills. They are, it's, I'm, it's feeding my spirit. But I guess what I mean when I say that we're all kind of on the same, like a level playing field is that this virus doesn't care who you are. Like, of course, they have access, like I said, to treatments and stuff, but it doesn't care that you're fucking Tom Hanks. It, it doesn't care. You know what I mean? If you go outside and do dumb fuck shit, you can get it. It doesn't matter who you are. We're all equally as unsure as the person standing next to us of how this is all going to shake out. You know, like nobody really knows. So I don't know. It's just interesting. And obviously during any like state of disruption, in celebrity they've always found really effective ways to exploit themselves even still but right now it feels like social media is kind of the only thing they have and i'm not sure how truly effective it is you know what i mean at this point like the internet right now is the equivalent of like the lincoln tunnel at 5 p.m in the middle of the week you know like there are more instagram lives than any of us care to keep up with right now and we all know that and i can only speak for myself when i say this but i can tell you from act from the deepest parts of my spirit like in the marrow of my bone i do not give a fiddler's fuck that christy Teigen is going live with john legend on their eighth floor fucking piano room i don't care I don't care. There are no two pairings of people on Instagram right now that feels interesting to me. Nobody. It's ruined. I don't care. The other day I saw Jesse Smollett strumming a fucking ukulele in his pajamas on Instagram Live. And I was like, you know what? I've officially had it. Like I had had it before, but today it's official. I've had it. And I don't know about you, but I also couldn't be any less interested in daytime and late night talk shows like being run from people's mudrooms like I know that they have to do what they have to do like the tonight show has to go on I understand that but I also it's like get off my YouTube get off my YouTube you know what I mean it's my YouTube I don't want it stop invading our space 
Jimmy Fallon. Leave me alone. I don't want to watch you and fucking Justin Timberlake play children's toys on on Zoom. I don't care. Leave me alone. I don't want to hear Jennifer Lopez being interviewed by Ellen and talking about her viral TikToks with A-Rod. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Just leave me alone. One of the other things I find really interesting right now, um, and I think all of us are starting to kind of collectively rub our eyes and notice. Actually, this is probably, I mean, now it's like really heavy. At the beginning, like a couple weeks ago, it was like a rub your eyes, like, ee -oo, ee -oo, like that kind of moment where you're like, huh? Um, but I'm noticing it's like every company has changed all of their wording now to manipulate us during these dark times. All of the subliminal coronavirus advertising, it's like every major brand has a commercial showing how barren the streets are as they explain that they're here for us during this time. AT&T understands how scary these times are, so please bundle your internet and phone with us for good measure. <laughs> Sprint understands how scary these times can be. Here's a photo of the Eiffel Tower with nobody standing around it because of coronavirus. Won't you please bundle? Won't you please bundle during these dark times because we're here for you? It's crazy. It is crazy how quickly people are already... People are already profiting off of this virus in such a, like a, a, a massive way. Like it's already big business. Coronavirus is big business. It is. I, I guess it was big business as soon as we started buying toilet paper like fucking psychopaths. Like as if, as if we can't safely make wise decisions when we go out and just not be assholes and like ration toilet paper out to everybody like toilet paper was the thing that we all decided was the only thing we need during this time while we're stuck inside sick and while our fucking lungs feel like they're collapsing we need 30 rolls of toilet paper that's the only thing that'll save us it's wild we're all losing our minds but at least we're doing it together i guess that's the point and with that being said the world still continues to turn and celebrities will find a way to be relevant no matter what even if it's just one day of people talking about them or like a really tiny daily mail article on the side of the fucking website under some ads like some clickbait you know it's better than nothing right now and it's interesting watching celebrities kind of stoop to these embarrassing levels just to get a little bit of attention because it's so unnatural for them to not so today I just want to run down some of the insane things that are happening in the media. To be honest, I'm doing this episode totally selfishly because I just need to vent through these things. Like, I feel like I'm screaming into the air in my living room every day, looking at the news and looking at Instagram and trying to, like, stay informed, but also just being so fucking grossed out by everybody in Hollywood right now. Not everybody. Nef definitely not everybody, but a lot of people. I want to talk about Sean and Camilla. Yes, of course. I want to talk about Ben Affleck. I want to talk about Ellen. I want to talk about every celebrity right now thinking it would be a good time to start a fucking talk show from their attic. I want to talk about the paparazzi and just paparazzi culture in general during coronavirus. I want to talk about the Kardashians, which, as I said, I'm going to be doing with Cara Berry later. And how they truly just have no rock bottom. Like, they literally do not have a low point <laughs> they just adjust our brains to think 
that their new low is like fine. And we do it every time. It's crazy, but we'll talk. I want to talk about Priyanka and Nick, of course. I want to talk about Selena Gomez. Like, let's just get into it. Obviously, I'm going to start with the king and queen of this podcast, Sean and Camila Cabello. Something really interesting and I think undeniable is happening with Sean and Camilla right now that we obviously have to discuss. <laughs> Normally with these PR relationships, you have a mass amount of people who believe them to be true and worship everything that they do, right? Like they're spoon fed all of this bullshit and they believe it. The general public, I would say, is like typically pretty numb to the fact that 99% of the news they read when it comes to a specific celebrity is curated in a way to either make the celebrity look really good or really bad, depending on, you know, where they stand with publications and with, like, uh, publicists and with managers and with PR teams. Like, it, it, you know, we could hate somebody simply based on the fact that some publicist is mad at them. You know, it's crazy. Either that or a celebrity is literally just paying media outlets to cover them because they need the press. You know, like when you look at somebody who isn't working and has nothing going on and hasn't had a successful project in years, but is randomly on the cover of a magazine like Shape or Vogue, there's a likely chance that they probably asked to be on the magazine, you know, to feature them to help ignite some sort of interest and maybe they'll get cast in something or maybe they'll be asked to come on a talk show or, or something, you know? Um, so it's like doing this podcast has really, really, really sort of ruined that for me, which sucks. I kind of miss living in that naive world, that sort of like naive, like young person world where whatever you're given by celebrities is just what it is. You just believe it and you love it and you live it and you laugh it. But where things get interesting with Sean and Camilla is that it seems like we've taken this weird turn where the general public has caught on to how ridiculous this relationship is and the ratio of people who are fooled by them to people who aren't buying it definitely leans toward the side of people being like, are they still fucking doing this? You know, I don't think many people, unless, like, like I always say, unless you're like, under 14 i don't think many people look at them and like ship them at this point it's a charade i think that they must just be playing to a younger audience because they have to know that adults don't believe this to be true and it's much harder to fake a relationship that relies completely on these candid photos of you walking around la together when we're supposed to be stuck inside so what do you do <laughs> In the case of Sean and Camilla, you very, very slowly walk up and down your driveway and wait for people and wait for people to photograph you in your pajamas with empty coffee cups every day. It's so dark. There's just something dark about it. Now, if you've read any of the blind items about Sean and Camilla for the past like few months on any blind item website, then you'll know that it's being reported that Camilla, like, allegedly very badly wants out of this situation. And I'm not surprised by that. I've been telling you that since the first time we talked about them, that I I believe she wants to just probably be open and honest about who she is actually dating and, like, go out to dinner and shit with her fucking boyfriend and not have to link arms with Sean Mendez and pretend to be drinking from coffee cups. It's crazy. 
But Sean, if you believe these blinds, is adamant that they continue trying to milk this thing for whatever it's worth. And these two kill me because when you read about them, especially in pieces written by, you know, publications like Cosmo and stuff, you still get these really fluffy, total bullshit articles about how the lovebirds took a break from writing love songs on the Spanish guitar, you know, to take a lovebird stroll down lover's lane. And when they got to the end of the street, they shared a smooch because they love each other and they took some sips of their yummy coffee from their cute coffee cups. They have hearts on them because they're in love. You know, it's absurd. All while these people are literally like posting videos that were low-key viral of them looking le miserable, dragging their bodies up and down the fucking driveway and sort of sluggishly holding on to each other's hips, pretending to take sips of these empty coffee cups. And it just further proves my point that so many of the articles you read about celebrities are being paid for by the celebrity. Nobody at Cosmo with an adult mind and an active Twitter account believes that Sean and Camilla are actually together. Nobody believes that. You can't pay me to to think that. I, I don't believe anybody that works at the Daily Mail actually thinks that Sean Mendez and Camilla Cabello are in love. And yes, I'm just going to say this because I owe Sean Mendez nothing. I don't give a fuck at this point. I would bet my life on the fact that he's probably been told by his management that if he is gay, bi, or fluid, or whatever the tweens are calling it this week, that he isn't allowed to come out. That it would ruin his career and all the screaming girls that come to his shows would disappear because young girls, you know, have a hard time believing that you're singing to them if they know that you're gay, which is like, these old white men running these companies, I, I it's unfortunately, I'm, I'm just going to say, I need for them to die. I really do. I need for them to just go away and just allow people to just fucking live. Because it's like, who is coming up with this shit that teenage girls in, the, in 2020, teenage girls who, by the way, are still 10 years after One Direction is no longer together on a fucking wild, crazy, like, homeland fbi worthy investigation into the sexualities of the men in one direction because they want all of them to be gay like you think that girls listening to harry styles think that he wants to fuck them i'm sure that they do but they also know that he there's a chance that he wants to fuck guys and they're into it it's fine let sean live let sean live hashtag free sean let's get that going my god it's really no different than when they tell young gay actors that they have to you know pretend to be straight because otherwise they'll never be a leading man like a leading man cannot be gay it's it's you know it's it's not a possibility um if these like again if these young girls don't believe that you know as they're hanging these posters of you next to their bed they have to think that you could be together. And if they know that you're gay, then they won't go see your movie. Perfect example, actually, Garrett Clayton. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's really fucking adorable. He was like, he started off as a Disney musical kid and he starred as the lead in the live adaption of Hairspray for NBC. He was also in that like beach 
Disney movie that was supposed to be like High School Musical. I don't know what it's called. The kid couldn't be gayer. He is as gay as the spit flying out of my mouth from my lisp. He is gay, 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 gay. And he's done interviews now talking about the fact that, you know, he was told by people um, that he couldn't come out of the closet when he first started, even though, like, before he came out, he starred in King Cobra with James Franco, which is a movie about a gay porn star and had, like, all of these really raunchy gay sex scenes. So that was fine, but don't come out of the closet. And he was being marketed to be the next Zac Efron, and they were, well, uh, and they were like, if you are going to be Zac Efron, then you can't be gay. I mean, is that not an enigma wrapped in a riddle? (laughs) I mean, like, my God. Anyway, it's just ridiculous. And I also, to be honest with you, not to, like, be dark, but you look at a kid like him, and working for Disney, I can't imagine the fucking casting couch shit that that kid was put through, while at the same time being told he has to hide who he is. You know, but that's like the nature of the game. It's just really dark. Um, let's talk about Ben Affleck. <laughs> this is honestly more of the same in a sense, but it's a little different because it's fucking Ben Affleck. He's also been clocked during quarantine for staging paparazzi photo ops with his girlfriend. And it makes me feel so much. <laughs> like, A, it proves my point from earlier that everybody is on a level playing field right now in a sense. Ben is no better or no worse than Sean and Camilla. There aren't many options right now for you to gain attention as a celebrity or have people talking about you if it doesn't involve YouTube or Instagram Live or TikTok. And these people have resorted to walking to the end of their driveways with their dogs and pretending to walk their dogs to gain attention. Like literally standing at the end of their driveway pretending to have conversations and then going back in their house it is the most odd like black mirror thing to watch it feels like we're seeing something that we shouldn't be seeing and by the way please ask yourself how the paparazzi would know what time Ben Affleck is deciding that he's going to just open his door and walk his dogs it just so happens that 40 men had an inkling that at, you know, 12.52 p.m. on Wednesday, that was the time that Ben Affleck would decide to walk outside holding some sponsored fucking green tea or whatever and walk his dog. It is, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even, I don't even have the words. I don't have the words. I don't possess them. His girlfriend, by the way, is the new Bond girl and basically has no way of easing herself into a promotion cycle. So where you would normally see her just kind of like popping up randomly out of nowhere for seemingly no reason, um, you know, she falls into like a sex symbol category. So I would imagine we would start seeing her on the covers of fashion magazines, doing like wacky BuzzFeed videos, um, like YouTube videos for like Harper's Bazaar and Elle, um, probably doing like a 73 questions video for Vogue. All of that is on hold. So she is walking around Whole Foods in her mask, hoping to be photographed with her polka player boyfriend. And it's just crazy. And this goes without saying, but they're also like, they're another couple where the stories you see about them during these very blatantly staged photo ops are very telling. 
You know, the fact that the Daily Mail has the nerve to write about how cute they were when they were caught getting their mail, um, even though we've now seen this viral video of them pretending to walk. It's honestly insulting. Okay, anyway, let's move on. I am the most excited to talk about this. Ellen. Ugh, you can't see right now, but I'm maniacally rubbing my hands together. So Ellen has been in the news recently for some not so great things. And it feels like the public opinion of her is turning in a way that's been a long time coming. And I obviously have done an Ellen episode in the past. And it's one that I'm, if I'm being honest, I really did enjoy recording. I think Ellen has had a really, really fascinating life. It's been really traumatic and and dark but also just like so great it's such like a celebrity triumph story you know she is i talk all the time about how every celebrity needs like a a tale you know they need like um sit down and let me tell let let grandpa tell you a story about so and so kind of thing like a folklore story and she has such a great story it's so compelling and it's been amazing to watch her progression into this like whatever she whatever you would consider her now but I do regret the fact that I left out so much about Ellen's public persona and who she claims to be versus who she is behind closed doors and what people who work for her have said about her for years everything coming out about her has been talked about for so long and I am ravenously obsessed with Ellen's secret meanness. It is like, I, I can't get enough of it. I actually have goosebumps right now knowing that we're about to get into it. Like the hairs on my arms are all pinging. Okay, A, let's just start with A. Let's go like full on bullet points. A, I personally live for the fact that Ellen's show is produced. Let's just really talk for a second. Is produced by the same people who used to produce The Rosie Show. And the irony is not lost on me, and it should not be lost on you, that Ellen essentially stole the concept of Rosie's show and hired the same people to do it years later. After Rosie and Ellen had established, like, a friendship, you know what I mean? Like, Rosie kind of coming out on her talk show with Ellen is one of the greatest talk show moments in history. These two women are going to be forever linked together you know they're a part of each other's story and if you're a person of a particular age like you know that the Rosie show was this like it was just this perfect for middle america fun sweet happy safe environment where celebrities could come on and not have to like white knuckle it through a nine minute david letterman interview where he may expose something about them that wasn't talked about in a pre-interview you know, it was a soft, easy to digest, like sweet, sweet, fluffy, cotton candy morning talk show. And it made us all feel swaddled. Like I, I used to be obsessed with The Rosie Show. And it is, ex I mean, it's the exact same formula as The Ellen Show. And I just don't think it gets talked about enough that she's made a wildly successful second portion of her career just doing The Rosie Show. B... We really need to re-examine Ellen's relationship with Anne Heche after having a 15-year look at her strange fucking marriage to Portia. We need a reinvestigation. We need the case opened again. I want the files. I need the files on my desk before morning. 
can we fully talk for a second? And I'm probably just going to end up doing a full Ellen and Portia episode because I won't be able to stop thinking about this now. But we're all fully aware of the fact that Ellen basically doesn't allow Portia to work, right? Like, we've all known this for years, or are some of us just catching up to this fact? Like, where do we all stand in our um, our knowledge of Portia and Ellen's relationship and how fucking weird it is? Like, are we all aware of the fact that Portia basically never goes anywhere and can only ever be seen walking around their neighborhood or grocery shopping? She's basically been quarantined for 14 years. She's been practicing self-quarantine for years. Like, can we talk about that? She stopped acting as soon as they got married, basically. She had, well, I mean, everybody involved had the most unusual press cycle for that batshit crazy season of Arrested Development. I remember it being reported around that time that, you know, Ellen didn't really prefer for Portia to be working, which I always thought was really weird. And I don't know about you, but when I see Ellen and Portia, Portia, Portia together or hear Ellen talk about their like wacky marriage on her show, <clears throat> it's always in the forefront of my mind that for years in the beginning of them being together, Portia was having this like long winded mental breakdown like fully on the brink of death from this horrifying eating disorder. She's talked about being suicidal and debilitatingly depressed, but all that changed when she met Ellen because Ellen taught her how to like open the blinds and let the sunshine in. Ellen, she's always so happy, you know, and that was the narrative that Ellen saved her basically and that she did such a good job at saving her, by the way, that Portia no longer desires a career or a job, or interests outside the house, or hobbies. She's totally fine being kept away at home and only coming on TV, basically, to banter with her wife, her wife once a year. It's weird. I'm sorry, but it's fucking weird. You can't tell me it's not weird. And if I was a neighbor, I can guarantee you the binoculars would have been out for years. And that's a fucking threat. I'm literally threatening Ellen right now. Ellen, that was a threat. I would have been looking through your windows for years. I would fully always be, in quotes, the source. <laughs> like, leaking stories to, like, fucking Yahoo News or whoever. Whatever, like, boomer news site will have me. You know? <laughs> I actually imagine Ellen to do things like... Like... Ellen's gig is that she'll do things like swap the sugar and the salt and the spice cabinet and then blame Portia when the food isn't edible. Do you know what I mean by that? The sort of like maniacal, like adult Dennis the Menace type shit. Like that's the, the type of shit that I feel like she pulls on her all day. I bet she worries about being pranked up until she goes to bed. And that is so dark. Like, you know that she fully plays cruel pranks on Portia and, like, films it. And probably plays it on a big screen when Justin Timberlake comes over and they smoke weed out of a fucking bong on her wing of the house. That's what I picture. Portia pulls her comforter back every night wondering if a toy rattlesnake would be under her blankets. And you know that. 
And I'll be honest with you, I feel like I clock this marriage. I really do. Like, I really feel like I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening in that house. And I'm just going to say before we go to C, because that was B apparently or whatever, and my bullet points about Ellen, uh, that I find it odd that Ellen left. Okay, Ellen left a relationship with a woman who had a public mental breakdown that was so bad. Like, really take this in. This actually may be a pull over to the side of the road moment. Like, pull over and, like, smoke a cigarette really quick and just, like, think about this or eat something. Ellen left a relationship with a woman that had a public mental breakdown that was so bad that it became one of the biggest news stories of the decade. Not of the year, not of the month, not of the season or whatever, of the decade. It was a decade-defining news story. And she breaks up with her and then immediately falls in love with a woman who is in the woes of a life-or-death eating disorder. And somebody who's having constant thoughts of suicide and depression. Like, I hate people who say this phrase, but I'm just saying, (laughs) or whatever. It's weird. I mean, is that not weird? What are the odds? It's not like she dated somebody who, like, keyed her car and she was like, that bitch is crazy. And then she moved on to somebody else. No, she dated somebody who had a mental breakdown that was so bad that she, like, walked into a a person's home and slept there and like let this woman feed her and bathe her basically like shoeless and she came out of the woods like she had a legitimate mental lapse and thought that aliens were going to abduct her from this woman's house and she left that woman and immediately started dating another girl who was near death from an eating disorder and suicidal i'm sorry i just find that to be really fucking weird Now, if you live under a rock, you may or may not know that Kevin T. Porter, a comedian, tweeted last week. um, I'll just read it. He said, right now, we all need a little kindness. You know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about. She's also (laughs) notoriously one of the meanest people alive. Please respond to this with the most insane stories that you've heard about Ellen being mean, and I'll match everyone with $2 to the LA Food Bank. So, of course, people responded with some really horrifying stories um but like nothing truly i guess shocking if you've known about ellen being mean to her staff um there's always been stories on the internet about ellen's staff and how terribly these people are treated and that they basically live in constant fear not only of her but of losing their job because one day she may just decide to fire you because you wore glasses that she didn't like or because your shoes were untied while you were walking through the studio, you know? Um, There was a story from a girl who, at like 15 years old, she entered a contest where you would send Ellen a plaster of her face and she like worked really hard on it. The girl was like 15 years old and she literally made like a a, a plaster. I mean, it, was, it was like a, a 3D replica of Ellen's head. And... um. She sent it to Ellen with this, like, heartfelt letter about how much Ellen means to her or whatever, and Ellen gave it away to an audience member with money taped on the bottom of it. It was used as, like, a a gag in a, like, a segment, and she just, like, gave it to some audience member who, 
I'm sure didn't care. I mean, maybe the woman has it on her fireplace, but like, how fucked up is that? Also, um, a comedian named Chris Farah said that she was working as a server and uh, she waited on Porsche. Porsche. Fuck, I keep saying Porsche. Is that their ship name? She was waiting on Porsche. And apparently Ellen uh, wrote a letter to the owner of the restaurant that she worked for complaining about this girl's chipped nail polish. Um, and the girl made it clear, like she made it a point to say, you know, my hand, like my nail polish wasn't chipping off into people's food. I just hadn't, I hadn't gotten my nails done and my nail polish was like old and it was kind of worn off like, a, you know, a normal human person thing. Um, and of course this girl, I mean, she's a comedian. So she thought when she was being pulled into you know, her manager's office and the, the person was like, oh, did you wait on Ellen yesterday? Obviously, she thought that this was like some big break moment happening. Of course, who wouldn't, you know? She was excited. She thought Ellen was going to hire her or give her a job or something. And of course, it turns out Ellen wanted to get her fired, which is insane. Like, that is like so maniacal that you were this multimillionaire woman who is one of the most powerful people on TV right now. You have, you really have control over, you know, housewives in middle America that are like baking fucking Sarah Lee cakes while you talk and dance to I I can't stop the feeling, you know? Like you are running the fucking world right now. And you go out of your way to get a struggling comic who is serving at a restaurant fired because you didn't like her fucking nail polish that is psychotic a former writer talked about her sensitive nose and how she'll send you home if she thinks you smell you know that she picks a person a day basically to hate and that's completely normal um so like she'll just like walk up to you and smell you and decide that she doesn't like your scent and she'll send you home to bathe, and then you come back to the studio, and she'll just continue smelling you until you smell the way she likes, or maybe you'll just get sent home forever, which is insane. Um, and yeah, she just every single day picks a different person in, in, in their staff to kind of bully all day, and they all think it's completely normal to the point that, like, when new people come in, they'll say, like, you know, just so you know, Every day there's a new person. Today it's you. Just, you know, tomorrow it'll be somebody else. It'll be fine. She'll be, she'll love you. Um, Nikki Tutorials also was pretty open about the fact that she chose Ellen as the show to go on after she came out as transgender. And Ellen was super cold to her and, you know, basically didn't talk to her before she came out on the couch and not in like a Wendy Williams way where Wendy wants to save everything that you may say to her for in front of the camera. Ellen just can't be bothered. Like she just can't be bothered with conversing with somebody who isn't George Clooney. You know what I mean? Because she really thinks that she is like, well, she's, I mean, she is. She thinks that she's the 1% because she is. Also, and this is a point that I really, really want to drive home. You guys love to not listen to Kathy Griffin. Maybe not you, but the general public. We love to ignore Kathy Griffin, right? Like, Kathy Griffin has been telling us for 10 years that Ellen is mean. I literally know Ellen is mean because of Kathy 10 years ago. That's how I know that all this stuff is true, because Kathy's been 
pretty public about it for a long time. And ironically, Kathy is banned from the Ellen show because Ellen doesn't like, in quotes, mean-spirited comics. And Kathy has always said that Ellen is actually really genuinely mean, whereas Kathy is like somebody who actually becomes friends with the celebrities that understand that it's a joke and any celebrity that can like take a joke, they're cool with her. Whereas Ellen is legitimately like evil. And there's so many more. I mean, if you're interested in some, you know, you somehow missed this news story, I would suggest going back and reading all of the legitimate tweets. There's some of them that are obviously ridiculous, but the ones of people who um, have definitely worked as, you know, a part of her staff and a part of her show or have just known her throughout the years. It's really amazing. Um, and also, like, you know, blessed be to Dakota Johnson for reading Ellen to filth. Uh, and exposing her the last time she was on her show. I love, I mean, that moment when I was watching that, I was thinking like, no, Dakota Johnson knows that Ellen is a twat and she's not backing down. And this is amazing. That was like, if you've not seen that clip somehow, YouTube it. It's one of the greatest talk show moments for me in history. Um. Oh, and she also, by the way, like I said earlier, she said recently that, um, you know, quarantine was making her go crazy because it felt she feels like she's in prison as she's like lounging in this house that scales several football fields with an unlimited amount of money and supplies you know while people are out like literally clawing at each other's throats for fucking toilet paper at walgreens across the nation i think 2020 is the year that we take down ellen i really do i think it's the year for one thing i'll tell you this I was talking about this with Russ Martin the other day. I think that Ellen has overstayed her welcome as far as her talk show. I can't figure out why she's still doing it. It doesn't make any sense to me as to why, you know, what is she, 25 seasons in at this point that she, I I know that she's like surpassed the Oprah show, right? Like at this point, it's been on since I was like eight or something. I don't fucking know. But like, why is she still on TV? Why is she not pivoted? into doing something else. And I'm not talking about like wacky family fun game shows. I'm talking like, go to a fucking show on Netflix or something. I told Russ that for for her, I'm surprised that she never did some sort of like Chelsea Handler pivot, not like making a talk show on Netflix, but like just doing whatever she wants to do on Netflix because Ellen or Netflix would let her. And she already has a comedy special on Netflix that's terrible. But if she came to them and said, look, I'm ready to end my show and I kind of just want to do whatever I want. Like, I kind of just want to do a show where I fill in the blank. They would just give it to her. Of course they would. So why is she still doing this show? She very clearly hates the people that watch it. She hates her guests for the most part, unless they are, again, Justin Timberlake or George Clooney or George Bush or whatever. And she hates her audience. Like, she hates these middle American people. She resents them. And it's become increasingly more obvious. And when you go back and watch old clips of Ellen from the first few seasons of her show, it's really jarring how different she is with... I mean, it's like, now it's very sort of paint-by-numbers. It's very seldom that she's engaged in what the celebrity she's talking to is saying. She doesn't look at them. Like, it's just... she clearly doesn't want to be there. 
So I don't know. I'm obsessed. Ellen, continue. Please continue being mean. I live, I live for it. It's getting me through quarantine. Love you. I think that we're now due for a Nick and Priyanka update. <laughs> it's been too long. So in late March, Priyanka released this like totally self-gratifying, attention-seeking, cringe-worthy video that she had whoever she actually lives with film um, of her standing on her balcony and clapping into the air for the first responders on the front lines of coronavirus all over the world. And, like, I know this is, like, a thing. People do this. People honk. Like, this is, like, a thing. But, like, she just looked... It's now one of my all-time favorite videos to ever exist on the internet. It's Of course, it's been deleted. Um, People trolled her to fucking hell and back. And, of course, the trolling made the video blow up even more. She became a meme. Rightfully so. She fucking deserves it. I mean, if anything, 2020 should be the year that we take down Priyanka. I cannot fucking stand her disingenuous fake ass my god and nick jonas too go away go away fuck Ugh. um it was rewarding honestly you know as someone who has been eyeing her as this like super disingenuous person to finally see the world on the right side of history made me feel really good because i almost feel like with priyanka when she was first introduced to an american audience it was done in a sort of Lizzo-ish way where it's like, if you don't like her, you're mean. Like, if you don't like her, you're crazy. We all like her. We all love her. If you don't, then you are fucking nuts. You better get on the right side and like Priyanka because she's amazing. She's beautiful and talented and smart and funny. She's gorgeous. Like Priyanka. You have to. <laughs> it was like one of those. So... It's been nice to see people kind of like boldly ride her ass and be like, girl, <laughs> girl. Um, so when quarantine first became a thing, I was curious to see how, you know, celebrities would take advantage of having all of us trapped in our houses with our phones, of course. And of course, we saw an immediate influx of people, you know, and like pseudo famous people going on Instagram live 24 seven, whatever. But we also very quickly started to see this disingenuous concern and admiration. This fake, like, I am you, you are me, we are we fucking bullshit. And Priyanka, for me, literally defines that. Like, she is that to me. She's the exact kind of celebrity that would sit down with a group of people on Zoom and figure out ways to exploit people's vulnerabilities during this time. Um, or like do something that she thinks makes her look like this woke, likable celebrity. And I hate that. Um, I don't know. She's just such a, a, a press hound. She's such a press hound. She is obsessed with media attention. And I don't know what else to say that that video really just like sent me. Uh, and like, also, by the way, side note, <laughs> while I was doing like, just some quick, like, what what have they been up to research for this episode? I read this really interesting article from Women's Health from earlier this month titled, Are Nick and Priyanka's Social Media Posts Too Staged? And in the article, they bring in these behavioral scientists and therapists um, to analyze the authenticity of their posts based on, like, body language. Uh, and, like, I don't know. They, 
I mean, the the magazine reported them to be a real couple, and they were just saying, like, you know, most of it was, like, bullshit, but I thought a couple of things were really funny. For example, in one where they're both, like, very clearly showing off their clothes, it was probably some something sponsored that they were, like, wearing. Um, at the same time, they're, like, looking really deeply into each other's eyes, and Nick is, like, holding her chin and, like, posing like James Bond, and they said, it's very staged, like the majority of their photos, like the majority of the photos is couple posts. It raises the question of how comfortable they are with showing up fully and authentically and messily. And I'm like, girl, like these two barely show up at each other's houses. You think they're going to fucking show up? <laughs> you think they're going to show up authentically, spiritually and messily or whatever? I bet you they can't stand each other. I would imagine that these two cannot fucking stand each other because in still photos, they're fine. Of course, they're really good at posing for these still photos. They're still super staged. They look extremely inauthentic, but they look good. It's when they hit that red carpet that things kind of get a little uncomfortable and they don't, you know, Nick doesn't know where to place his hands on her body. She doesn't know where to hold him. He's like tiny. So she's, it's like, she doesn't want to put her hands on his shoulders, but she also doesn't want to like hold his hips. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. They don't have, they don't have their whole thing worked out yet. And it's very obvious. They've, they've never mastered being able to go on a red carpet and be really charming and funny and smart and quick. They're not good at being a celebrity couple. They're just not. They're good at taking sponsored photos, and that's about where that stops, you know? They've not mastered that, like, likability, relatability, you know, um, like, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend thing that people fall for. They have not mastered that, and I actually kind of love it. Let's talk for a quick second about um, Tori and Dean. It's been way too—my heart's fluttering. It's been way too long since we talked about Tori on this podcast. I miss her. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but last week Tori posted online that she was doing these $95 like Zoom meet and greets with fans where you can take like a virtual selfie with her on screen and um, you have like a one-on-one conversation with Tori like in her house for, you know, a designated amount of time and you can talk about whatever you want and it's like just you two. And you also, by the way, I, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. As somebody who uses Zoom to record, you get a downloaded copy of the file. That's like one of the added bonuses that you pay for, which like if anybody listening to this has used Zoom to like record something, it's like, you know, it automatically saves a file onto your computer. It's not like they're going out of their way and hiring like a team to make sure that you get this 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 relic of your conversation it's like no it it just saves a file onto your computer like yeah sure of course i think the person on the other end can just do that themselves you know what i mean you don't need tori to email you the file of the conversation i just thought that was funny um and people lost their shit there was this huge backlash against her for taking advantage of people during such a dark time people were you know, criticizing her because other celebrities are doing, you know, free concerts or whatever. And you have drag queens that are doing like full on drag shows and stuff online. 
Trixie Mattel literally every week is doing like a full set of songs on YouTube live. Like Bob the Drag Queen is doing a full talk show. I support the the queens doing shows, by the way. Like I'm living for all the drag queens doing full on like productions on YouTube live every week. Like that's been great. Um, but yeah, people were upset because they were like, why don't you just give us this content for free? People are broke and whatever. And it also doesn't help that the entire world knows that Tori has been in a financial sinkhole for the past few years because of some poor, you know, real estate decisions and the cancellation of her show and her just generally being terrible with money. So then Dean goes on Instagram and posts this video titled Stop Dragging My Wife, where he essentially defends her by saying, you know, what's wrong with my wife basically making a little bit of extra money when people can't work? He said, hi, everybody. I find myself having to come to my wife's defense yet again. I'm really disappointed because she's catching a lot of flack and being dragged uh, for doing a live meet and greet. People are upset that given the current situation we're in and the lockdown and the corona and the coronavirus, that she's charging people money to do a meet and greet. And he goes on to say that she was approached by this company who thought it would be a good way for them to make money and also like add some levity or whatever to people's lives and some humor and fun. He goes, but no, instead, pe- instead because it's Tori Spelling, she gets dragged and she gets the haters coming down. Uh, coming down on her for simply doing something to entertain people. Um, But more importantly, to provide her family, to provide for her family. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with providing for your family at this time? And you know what? I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but like, I kind of agree with Dean. Like, let me just start by saying one of the things that I've always loved and adored about Tori is how resourceful she is. That bitch will find a way to make money. Even if it means doing something that's, like, really beneath her and, like, degrading. And I don't know at this point what's beneath Tori and Dean. They've had pretty much every version of a reality show that exists. They've done scripted. They've done non-scripted. They've done competition. They've done family fun, serious docuseries. Like, there's no, you know, there's no bridge left to cross. But Tori has never been apologetic about any of that. So for starters, it shouldn't really come as a surprise to anyone that Tori is charging for a digital meet and greet. Like, it's the least surprising news literally ever. But to piggyback off of what Dean said, what's it matter to you if Tori Spelling is doing, like, whatever she can to make sure a coin or two is slid her way while she and Dean can't, like, beg Lifetime or Hallmark to cast them in something? Like, so many celebrities are doing much worse to exploit their followers into giving them money. This is kind of harmless. And if you can't afford it, just don't fucking buy it. You know what I mean? It's simple. It's not like she's charging you to look at her Instagram or something. She's not charging you to watch her post a video on Twitter. She's charging a willing participant who has the money that can afford it to have... To be honest with you, quite possibly the greatest meet and greet ever because she's in her house. Like you literally, there's nobody there to monitor what you talk about. There's no line of people waiting for you to get done. There's no, you know, publicist standing there pushing you away when you ask inappropriate questions. You are on Zoom. You are in Tori's living room on Zoom, Zoom, on Zoom, probably watching her get wine drunk 
and seeing her kids physically assault her. And it's great. I mean, what, what what's wrong with that? Tori has done much worse to make money. Trust me. Who cares? Get your digital selfie. If I had the money, I swear to God, I would do it right now. I swear on every person in my life that I love that if it didn't feel like a frivolous purchase, I swear to God, I would do it. I actually may do it just to be spiteful and then post it on Instagram. I'm not even kidding. I actually may do it and then post. <laughs> I I literally may buy one of Tori's um, meet and greets and then just post it on my Instagram stories or not stories, but uh, Instagram TV. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and insert my conversation with Kara here. And we are now going to talk about the Kardashians and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so you guys, obviously, I couldn't do an episode on celebrities in quarantine and not talk about quite possibly the most shameless family ever who are going about business completely as usual, like promoing shit, sending out promo codes for products and like like donating like really small percentages of money to charities unapologetically. And that is the Kardashians. And obviously, I'm not going to talk about the Kardashians without talking to a Kardashian expert. And that is Kara Berry. Kara, how are you? Great, but I'm not a Kardashian expert. I've never even heard of them. Never spoken about them in my life. (laughs) Who is this alleged family? (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I know. I miss the sound of your voice. How is your, like, quarantine life going? You know, it's going good. I'm getting, like, people who feel bad for me, like, clients who feel bad for me and are paying me. So, you know. That's pretty tight. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's all good. I'm, I'm not doing anything too much and, uh, you know, still getting paid. I, I hope to bring this into my post life, too. <laughs> <laughs> Love to make a business out of it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so are you, you're caught up with the current season of Keeping Up, right? Yes. So let's just start with the show. Like, what are your sort of general thoughts on this season so far? Well, I believe that the producers of the show have been listening, have been listening to my suggestions uh, over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that they're minimizing the bullshit storylines, although episode three was not the case, but I, I appreciate that we get to see um, people putting hands on each other like Bad Girls Club, like mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I love that they kind of dip into like who's paying what in terms of like production and stuff like that. Like I like to see like the inside sports yeah. angle of Kardashians. So I, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, you know, I, I really miss my Kylie. Yeah. And you know, I'm missing Scott too. Like real, real storylines with Scott is what I need. Yeah. I mean, Scott's storylines like are maybe some of the darkest of this entire like franchise. And they're so good. Last season, we got um, like a very awkward uh, episode or two where Courtney goes on a trip with the kids and Sophia mm-hmm. and Scott. And that was great. But, you know, Sophia's like, I'm not ever going on this fucking show again. That was humiliating for me. So, yeah, that's all she wrote on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. This is what I've wanted. I mean, this is basically what I want from all of my reality shows. Like, I'm at a point where I think we all need to, like, all production companies need to cross over and start showing their faces. I need to see cameramen. I need to Ray, see boom mic people. The fourth, 
wall. It's yeah. enough. Like, I want to see the interview room that you're interviewing in, not just the green screen. I want to see the tape that you're told to stand on. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm, like, done with, uh, there is no version of this show for me anymore that's, like, that's what it used to be. I can't, I can't go back. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Like, I, I'm done with the glossy, you know, production. Like, um, Married at First Sight, I know you don't watch that, but there have been a lot of fights between one of the cast members in production. Like, they just mm-hmm. go at each other, and it's so great because they fucking hate this guy. And he's such an asshole. And it's just, like, such a breath of fresh air to be able to see them, like, literally go to toe-to-toe with this guy and be like, back the fuck up. <laughs> like, right, it's yeah. It is great. what do you think about the narrative what do you think about Kourtney Kardashian's narrative on the show right now because obviously this is like a really big season for Kourtney and the fact that she's kind of like breaking the cycle she's she's the first Kardashian to like kind of try and break the cycle a little bit it feels uh yeah not due to like mental illness and a lot of weight gain yes (laughs) right (laughs) um I I, I have conflicting feelings because I feel like if you don't want to be there, then don't be there. Right. But it's also like she's not telling the truth fully, which is that she doesn't really want to do anything. <laughs> like yeah. she wants to continue to get paid, but not film. And that mm-hmm. isn't going to work. Right. And so I, I like that angle of it, but I feel like they're not really telling the whole truth here. Yeah, and that seems to be what's frustrating Kim, where she's like, you can go. Like, first of all, like, I meant what I said about you not really contributing. Like, you don't really, like, you're not contributing on, like, a Kylie or Kendall level. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a a giant contributor to this, what this family means to the world, really. Like, nobody is gonna buy any Poosh product in one minute on your website. Like, that's just not not going to happen. So, like, you can go. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if Kendall and Kylie are not on the show as much, they still contribute to the brand as a whole. Yeah. Whereas, like, nobody gives a fuck about Poosh. Nobody. I don't think Courtney even has a grasp on what Poosh is yet. (laughs) Poosh is, like, the pucker and pout of the Kardashian. Like, you know, her first article was about matcha. Yeah. Imagine thinking that you're innovative about matcha in 2019. Like, get the fuck out of here, Courtney. It's insane. But then on the other hand, it's like to play devil's advocate, like, I think one of the things that she probably wants to say but can't is like, I'm literally watching my family become like Mars attacks aliens. Like, I don't know who any of these people are day by day. It gets worse. And well, I have a theory that Eunice is, was probably the one put getting in her ear. I'm sure. Yeah. And telling her, like, oh, you're above this, like, these people are sick, blah, 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 like, you can do so much better, please take me on another trip and vacation, and I'll show you how real life is. Yeah. And I I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, the kid thing is not an excuse for me. Like, sorry, I don't think she cares about her kids that much. I don't either. It's like, you. first of all, Mason's never not known being on camera. Like, what made you all of a sudden... 10 years into being a mom just decide that like you want more time like what more time could you possibly spend with your children it's literally all you do I mean like I mean she could take the nannies away 
the nannies yeah. are doing the parenting here. Like, let's not yeah. feel like you're that hands-on. Like, yeah, you make them some pancakes in the morning, and then you sit on Instagram and do glam for six hours. Like, exactly. Okay. I also, I think there's something really underlying to her, like, so if you, like, look at her individual relationships with her sisters, it's, like, obviously she and Kim have had this, this bubbling, like, tension for years, right, where mm-hmm. that fight was such a long time coming. They wanted, you could tell that they both wanted to fight so bad, like, Oh, yeah. You know, look in her eyes. She was like thirsty for blood. Like, yes. Kim had that reality show look in her eye where it's like, you hit me first, so now I can hit back. (laughs) Yeah. You know, classic Backgirls Club, uh, Backgirls Club rules. (laughs) Like, you bumped my shoulder, so now I have the right to like choke you and stab a knife into you or whatever. (laughs) Um, And then, like, with Chloe, I feel like there's this sort of underlined, like, you know, you were always my road dog. And now, like, we can't even have a full-blown conversation. And, like, you're morphing into a fembot. And you're, like, the irony that Chloe is slowly becoming, like, well, not slowly. She's very quickly becoming less and less of herself. But, like, becoming closer and closer to Kim. It's, like, the irony is not lost on me. (laughs) Well, you know what? I honestly think that True had a lot to do with it. Like, I think that... Courtney was able to say, like, I'm a mom. You don't understand how hard it is to be a working mom and to be on the show. And once Mm -hmm. True was born, Chloe was like, okay, well, I'm seeing that Kim can do this a lot more easily than you. Yeah. And what's tea, bitch? Like, (laughs) I think she sees that Courtney isn't that hands-on. And, you know, I've heard through the grapevine that Kim and Kanye are way more hands-on and Scott are way more hands-on with the kids than Courtney could ever dream to be. Yeah. And I think Chloe really resents that. She's like, you know, I have a gene mind. I have this fuck ass baby daddy of mine that is humiliating me every 12 minutes. And you can't be bothered to like talk about some fluffy, you know, like what, what's, what's going on here? You know? 100% agree with that. Yeah. It's like, stop acting like you have so much more on your plate. That's the thing that's annoying. Like when Kim screams at her with like true vitriol and hate, when she's like, you don't even have a career. It's like, girl, like, you really don't do anything. Like, you you have to stop, like, using the excuse of you being tired or, like, like what do you do? What do you, you do? You literally go on, like, an occasional speaking arrangement about, like, or engagement about, I don't, placentas? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> the power of a placenta and you're from your Tupperware. <laughs> months later i don't know i it's like so confusing to me um yeah it's it's she's just yeah it, it's got to be so frustrating yeah because i feel like kim is just like she does say it but she doesn't really go in on her as much as she wanted to and she let her hands do the talking and i appreciate yeah. it yeah kim was like oh god there's something about like i grew up not having siblings so when i would watch my friends with siblings physically fight it was like riveting to me because they don't hold back yeah yeah it's crazy like I have two sisters but they're much older than me so like they were out of the house by the time I was like six or seven so yeah I don't know that either but yeah Yeah. it's very fascinating like watching sisters fight with like no parent in the house is like one of the craziest experiences I think I've ever been through like (laughs) like watching them actually do things that they could kill each other then they know it it's like this is crazy and that was very much like Kim was so 
like turned on by the fact that she could keep hitting her. It's like, we've done it now, so I can just keep coming over to you and trying to fuck you up. Yeah, and it really kind of seemed like maybe, I thought, like, maybe at first, like, in the first episode that we saw, I was like, okay, maybe this is a little bit staged, but, like, once Courtney scratched her, yeah, it was, she got this look, like, the flip switch, like, yes. I saw that look in her eyes, like, <laughs> Bitch, yes. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Courtney too. My God, like when Courtney slapped her face. First of all, the thing that I love is that Courtney didn't slap her across the face. She slapped her down her face from her forehead yeah. to her chin. Have you seen Drita's uh, breakdowns of? Are her you fight? kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's everything that you could possibly want because she knows from the somebody who fights. She's like. Uh, Kim put her hand down. She shouldn't have done that. She let yeah. the watch open. <laughs> like, <it was> yeah. Great. <laughs> I love it. She's like, you can tell these are two girls that don't fucking fight. It's like, yeah, like these are two girls that haven't been in a physical fight in years and they're both like floating off the ground with like carry energy right now because <laughs> they haven't done this since they were like nine. It was like watching Scorsese talk about a film. Like, a, a <laughs> like it was incredible. <laughs> Oh my god, Drita, I need Drita to commentate every moment of reality TV. Honestly, like, it was so good. So, so good. Now, you mentioned earlier, um, earlier, we've been talking for four minutes, um, you mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, the episodes, like, we've had these amazing fourth wall moments, but one of the things that's always frustrated me about the Kardashians, and I messaged this to you, is like, is there not enough going on in these girls' lives that they have to do these like fully scripted C plot storylines where like MJ puts on a wacky wig and goes investigating with Chris? Are you kidding me? Right. Like who called Malika and told them that Corey they saw Corey at the hotel with some redhead and they're oh just God. behind his hotel room? Like that didn't happen. And the girls just decided to put on trench coats and right. <laughs> it's like, it's honestly insulting. Like, I don't need the Mary, if I wanted to watch American Nationally Mystery, I would go back in the VHS and watch it. You know, Thank I you. don't need this. It's insulting. It's insulting to the intelligence of the people who watch the show. Like, it is like, if this was a storyline that had happened in 2008 or whatever, of course, sure. I'd look back and laugh. Right. Like, how dare you in 2020 like what are you doing why are you guys going to the golf course and chris is talking to these random gorgeous men yeah and you're at the sporting goods store for whatever reason and mj just finds this gorgeous black man to, to date chloe like you guys aren't doing that that isn't happening if this was real you would take her down to the racetrack like when you found robert and make her troll for men like that like you and mj did back in the 70s <laughs> exactly like you would think that at some point one of the kardashians would say you know what we're actually not like super good at acting hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like chloe's terrible at scripted episodes terrible yeah you would tell she feels so uncomfortable like she doesn't want to do it Courtney, mm -hmm. when she isn't like she's always smiling when she does it um kim somehow is like one of the better actresses but that's really not saying much i mean yeah um yeah it, it it's like it's laughable and it's it's it is insulting you're you're completely right it's just so unnecessary like all of you have so much crazy shit going on like all the time like all publicly 
all the fucking time. There's no moment where one of you doesn't have some crazy scandal happening. And, you know, you, this like, is what we're left with. Show us the real truth between you and Corey. Like, yeah. I want to see all the times that, like, you guys get drunk off vodka at starting at, like, 4 o'clock. And show me that. Show me yes. you know, what's happening with Travis. Show me what's, you know, just put a GoPro on Kanye and just let her rip, you know? Literally. Literally. <laughs> it's like a cat running around a neighborhood, literally. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's so much stuff there. It's stupid. It's stupid not to show the truth. Well, one of the things that I was like, so this episode that I'm doing is based on um, just like how weird celebrity is right now and how strange it is to watch celebrities kind of grasp at straws to be like culturally relevant when they can't work, they can't leave, they can't do photo shoots, they can't do interviews. You know, they can, but it's like, like, earlier in this episode, I'm pretty sure I described um, Instagram Live right now as, like, the Lincoln Tunnel at 5 p.m. It's, like, <laughs> it's, I don't know how effective it is anymore to get on Instagram Live. I just don't know at this point. Yeah. I mean, Craig Conover of Southern Charm is on Instagram Live with Austin, like, three times a day. They're just, like, drinking and just talking at each other. It's insane. Like, whether it's people deciding they're going to host their own talk shows from their attics or celebrities deciding that it's like so amazing to see these two oddball celebrities sharing a live together. Like I'm kind of repeating myself because it's literally what this whole episode has been about, but I just don't care. And no, like I'm going to lose it. If I have to see one more conversation between Andy and John Mayer, like, Oh my fucking God. Keep it, please. Just fuck on camera already and, and like, put all those... It's, like, enough of the games. Please, fans, please. Like, literally. I will subs- I, I would be willing to pay any amount. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so, so wild. And, yeah, like, if I have to see another headline of, like, Jimmy Fallon's daughter hijacked the camera and did something so cute, you won't believe it. Like, Oh, I knew my God. I absolutely believe it. And I'm not looking on this. It took me a long time to realize how hard I write Jimmy Fallon's ass on this podcast. I'm, like, constantly berating him. But fuck. Uh, Does anybody deserve it more? They Did you see that Twitter um, thread from, like, maybe a month or two ago where people were just going in on Ellen and, like, all the horror stories that they have heard about her? Yes. Yes. It's so funny because this the right before this section of this episode is, like, all Ellen. <laughs> oh my god yeah i'm obsessed with mean ellen it's my favorite thing i love it it's like right? makes me rub my hands together right and somebody was like somebody in the thread was like please like everybody drop your like jimmy fallon drunk in new york stories and like yeah. it didn't really pop off the way i wanted to but i'm waiting for it it's gonna happen it's like bubbling beneath the surface that jimmy is actually this like just this crazy drunk yeah, like he like flirts with whoever has a pulse and yeah buys people shots like he's not a bad guy like there yeah. was three where he almost got a fight with somebody but like i just want to hear about how much of a mess he is and like who he's doing coke in the bathroom with exactly that's yeah like all of the debauchery that him and andy cohen get into it like after 2 a.m you know it's happening um 100%. but like one of the things that i find so fascinating is seeing the Kardashians. it's like it's always funny to watch specifically the kardashians adapt to like any change in like celebrity you know because they're cockroaches and it's like how are they gonna adapt you know 
yeah, I mean, their whole brand is about being accessible to a degree and like out there and yeah, like how do you manage that when you can't really create press for yourself? Yeah, it's really fascinating. And you know, so I have theories that I I believe that Chris Jenner like had everything to do with leaking that Kanye Taylor tape. You do? Okay. I like yeah. That. Let's, let's talk about that. What do you think her motivation was? I just feel like releasing that tape was probably something that I feel like sometimes Chris does things to her daughters that she knows could like drown them. But also if they're able to like rise above it, it'll be like really amazing publicly. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a public triumph that they were able to like get over. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. And right. I feel like that tape was like a really, I feel like that tape was a manic, almost a, a panic response from Chris being like, we need something. We need something so big that people will actually be talking about this. Like, let's actually, you know what I mean? I really feel like she had something to do with it. Yeah. What are your, um, what are your thoughts on that, really? I mean, to be honest with you, I've had a true, everybody knows that I've had, like, a real full circle moment with Taylor where I've gone from, like, literally, like, planning her like public carry moment like literally like <laughs> hiring people behind the scenes to tug the the fucking rope that that drops the bucket I've been planning it for years <laughs> to then coming full circle and like really having no not like no I won't say no animosity but really like toning it down and mm-hmm. I just think it's absurd that that even needed to be released like we really believe this fucking babbling idiot all the time you know what I mean like Kanye West, this man that has proven himself to be untrustworthy for the most part. We actually were even debating it. <laughs> right. Yeah. What did you think? I mean, I just like, I'm, oh, I'm just so tired of it. Yeah. Like, I'm just so tired of it. And like, I appreciate that like Kanye has not said anything, but like, I don't need him to say anything. And I feel like... Taylor just needs to stop. Yeah. Like, I I just realized the other day that Taylor and Caroline Calloway are, are very much one and the same people in that, like, if you don't fuck with her, like, you're just not going to fuck with her. And if you love her, you're going to love her forever. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't so really true. need to do the victim thing. Right. It doesn't really help or it doesn't really do anything for you. So just continue to be yourself and like I just to talk about Kanye over and over and Scooter Braun over and over and telling her fans to like get at them like it's just not a good look to me oh no I totally get that I mean like the part of me that is petty is relating to it but (laughs) as an outsider I'm like girl just shut the fuck up it's and, like, like, honestly, anything that, like, would involve Todrick having an opinion publicly, like, I'm just not here for it. I, I don't need that in my life. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, literally. <laughs> like, I do not need Todrick Hall's opinions or thoughts on anything. Anything. Oh, God. If anything, I, I only want to know why he's still wearing wedge sneakers. And aside from that, <laughs> I want nothing more from him. Uh, I want nothing else. Um contacts please <laughs> why are you wearing shade glasses still like enough 
enough. And quit ruining all of my favorite TV moments. Like, stop <laughs> popping up a choreographing shit. I don't want it. Great. No. I feel like I need him off RuPaul's Drag Race immediately. Please. I can't. Um, Please. But then, like, so, like, that happened at the beginning, obviously kind of towards the beginning of quarantine. And I thought, you know, okay. So, like, obviously the Kardashians are going to find a way to have this, like, this constant public storyline happening where then we get to like watch it play out on the show seven months later or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was funny to see the public's response where they really seemed to care for about like a day. It was like maybe what, like a day or two that people really seemed to care, but like people's priorities are just not, I just don't think the Kardashians will ever, I think that the Kardashians are, are like waning. It may not seem like it, but I really feel like their time is slowly running out in a way. I just don't... Yeah, I'm curious about why they shifted the show from Sunday to Thursday. Like, what Mm -hmm. the the thought behind that was. Well, I've been reading for a long time that the show gets terrible ratings. Like, horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. But even still, they're like the lifeblood of E. (laughs) So, like... I, I'm just like, are we making more time for Chris and Cavallari? Because oh, I know, or like <laughs> WWE divas or whatever, <laughs> or the Bellas. I don't know. Are the yeah are the Bella twins now new babies going to get a new show? Like, what's <laughs> <that>? <laughs> I just like I feel like people's priorities are changing in a way that's like I don't even know if we'll be able to look at celebrity the same after this is over. You know what I yeah. mean? especially right. Kardashians. I just think it's going to be way different. Yeah, and in that respect, they're kind of like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where, like, you know, you, they you are kind of pushing the whole, like, fantasy of it, of them being wealthy, and, like, mm-hmm. you having access to the cars, and the, you know, the homes, and, you know, the closets they hang out in, like, their actual yeah. rooms. Like, but, yeah, is that going to last? How is that going to be received in a COVID environment? Yeah, like, are people, are we really still, go, like, see, COVID ends in, like, a couple months or whatever, retrospectively, and Kylie decides to release another, like, fucking palette or whatever. Is it going to sell out in 30 seconds? Like, is that going to, you know what I mean? Is like, is that a thing that's going to just continue happening? I feel like it won't. I don't think so, and that's why she was brilliant to sell most of her steak to Alta. Yeah. Is that at the right time? (laughs) Yeah, because there's just no way. Like, they had a really strong grip, a really strong, like, hypnotic hold on the country for a long time. And then it peaked, where it seemed like they could literally release bags of, like, dog shit, and (laughs) they would sell out within seconds, and you know what I mean? And now, I feel like we're kind of coming down from that. And it's already been happening, but I feel like COVID is the thing that'll definitely help, like, kick it into high gear. Right. And, and like, their their efforts to kind of, like, keep pushing product is sort of, like, <laughs> can I be shady here? <laughs> Please. It's sort of, like, and no shade to anybody. I love all of you guys. But it's sort of, like, the L.A. podcasting scene. It's, like, I only, I don't need to listen to all of you guys going on the same podcast. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and talking about it. the same shows. It's, like, okay. Totally got it. And like, you know, so when they just dropped like a perfume collab between KKW Fragrance and Kris Jenner, it's like, okay. Okay. 
<laughs> thank you. Like, yeah. it's the same as when, you know, two years ago, Kim and, or one year ago, Kim and Kylie did a fragrance together. Like, it's just not, it's not going to have the same impact. Maybe because of Chris, but maybe also just because people aren't really that invested anymore. Yeah, you're not, like, in a position where you're the most important thing in people's minds. And the fact that they held that for so many years is amazing. I mean, it, it goes without saying that it's incredible, but, you yeah, know. I mean, we can look back to a time where, like, you know, uh, Kylie putting eyeliner or eyeshadow on her wrist was, like, you know, the thing of the moment. Yeah. Over some, like, you know, trap beats was, like, that was the culture. But now it's just, like, that's just not really working anymore. <laughs> can we talk for a second about Mason Disick exposing his whole family on the, on the internet? I would like to not talk about nothing less. Than <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what I was waiting for. I mean, who would have thought that Mason would be the one that quite possibly takes down his family? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that this was coming the day that Courtney pushed, pulled him out of her, uh, yeah. Her, yes, her literally yanked him out and like laid him down and started texting. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I, yeah, like if, if you have invested as much time in the Kardashians as I have, like, this is the returns that I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for somebody to speak up, somebody in the younger generation. Yeah. Now, obviously, Mason is the youngest to do the thing. Like, you know, I told you the other day that I light a candle for Penelope Disick to move to New York and become a international, like a national terror every day. <laughs> yeah. <And> yes. <laughs> these are the things that I deserve. And, and now they're happening. It's all happening. <laughs> like, this is, I told my mom the other day that this is, uh, this is the Kardashians who shot Mr. Burns moment because <laughs> Mason is the Maggie Simpson of, like, who, it's like the least expecting person of the family. Like, he's the one with the gun. You're like, wait, what? The kid has it? Like, he is everything. He was just so nonchalantly. It actually was amazing to see anybody in that family be so candid. I was like, wow, he just does not, he has no gauge of things that are like inappropriate to be saying right now. And this is so amazing. He is his father's son and God bless him for it. You know? Yes. Oh, he's going to be a problem and I'm so happy about it. Oh God. I'm so excited. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I know. I can't wait for him to ruin their first, like, mul like he's gonna, like, ruin, like, a multi-million dollar, like, deal that's supposed to be, like, a secret, and that'll be the <laughs> moment that I'm so excited about. Right. I, I cannot wait until, like, he exposes things about Uncle Kanye. <laughs> um, yeah. What, where is Rob? What does he do? What is, how does he spend his day-to-day? -day? Like, he's gonna take some secret pictures of Rob and, and drop them to the internet, and, like, that's gonna be the thing that breaks the internet. Uh Thousand. He's gonna take like a Bigfoot, like a blurry photo of Rob, like walking in like his black Hanes, like leisure <laughs> wear at his house. Like it's like only a blurry photo that could be a, a person or maybe <laughs> not. Is it a suit? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you barely see the LA Dodgers hat. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's gonna be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like walking an in and out box, like out of a bedroom. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, did you see Rob's face masks? No. Are they from his coveted um, sock line? Arthur George? Are they an Arthur George face mask? I don't know if they're Arthur George, but they're highly inappropriate. They, first of all, like, cost a lot of money. Of course. And they say something on them. I don't remember. I'm going to look it up really quick. <laughs> 
they say something on them that's like inappropriate about like like he's trying to oh, brand and okay yeah 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 do you see him oh, yeah yeah there it's from his other brand halfway dead so they say halfway dead with like some lightning bolts halfway dead yeah like <laughs> look not good <laughs> branding sir oh poor rob oh like he would have been better off putting like i don't even know like a picture of dream or something anything and they're $20 masks he's selling $20 face masks that is truly unwell like that's a real look into Rob Kardashian's psyche that he like probably didn't even know that this was happening like he like just found out about coronavirus and (laughs) just like sent out some masks for years he's like what's the big deal exactly yeah this is Rob's everyday life these things come out to, they're $18 and then $10 in shipping. Yeah. So for $30 one. for one mask. That is insane. And they're not, they they basically look like, like a thong turned sideways. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't look like they would really do anything yeah. at all. They look even... like a panty liner. Yeah, they look like a panty liner, and I don't even know if they're an appropriate fabric. I, they, they look like polyester. Yeah, no, this doesn't look like a fabric you would want deeply close to your skin. No, I don't think that this will block any germs, just your breathing. <laughs> um, <laughs> my God. So, where do you think that this, like, where do you think is going to happen with the Kardashians this coming season? Like, what do you think, like, because by the end of the season, usually we've, like, worked out all of, like, the drama that's going on publicly but like who gives a shit about what's happening publicly like is courtney and um and what's his name enough to like what's his name enough to even like do people care enough for that to be a a giant focal point of the season that they're gonna go get dinner with him and stuff Tristan, yeah no i I don't know like they're gonna be doing the um yeah the like the evolution of of chloe like trying to have a relationship like a friend relationship with tristan and yeah i don't care i i mean i think he's just doing this to be like manipulative again you too and i got in a lot of trouble for saying this on another podcast but it's true tristan is manipulative and he's only doing these things because he and I, I compared him to um, Homeboy from Southern Charm, the one who got in trouble. Uh, um, what is his name? Ugh, um, fuck. What is his name? Thomas. Travis, yeah. Thomas Ravenel, yes. Yeah. In that, they're very similar. In that, like, Thomas is going back to Catherine in the same way that Tristan is going back to Chloe mm-hmm. because they've completely ruined their reputations and no woman that they would be willing to cheat on these women with are going to go back to them again. So yeah. they're going back to the ones that, you know, were in love with them initially because they don't have any other options. Like, that's just the truth. And, like, yeah. I wish Chloe would see that. Yeah, I agree. I actually think it's really weird that people don't, like, wouldn't look at him and think he's manipulative. Like, even him showing up to that dinner, it was like, well, I mean, <laughs> he obviously knew going to that dinner that he was going to, like, charm the fucking boots off everybody. Like, right. you know, and he's like, just that guy. Yeah, and it's like, he knew Lala was going to be there, and, like, 
you know, she has a very um, storied history with her man cheating on her. So, you know, she was going to be like sympathetic to the whole thing. And it, it was just like, so like, you know that he doesn't like Kim. You know deep down oh, he does sure. not like Kim. He hates yeah. her probably. And so to like go in that room and like be nice to her is only going to serve him at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He hates <laughs> her. I don't need to see that. And, like, honestly, like, I can't even imagine what, what storylines they have coming up. Because what has happened? Like, nobody's had another kid. Yeah. Not able to talk about Travis and Kylie getting breaking up, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I don't, I literally don't know what they have coming down the line. I'm sorry, but Chloe and Tristan is not enough to, uh, for, like, a season's worth of, like, you know, this is not, like, the reveal of Caitlyn, you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, <laughs> not what a season makes. Uh, nobody cares. You have milked the storyline to fucking hell and back, and like, none of it's... Jordan's gonna come back in the fold, like, what do you guys Exactly. Got? Exactly. Which I would give anything for. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I... I could be wrong and I could, we could listen back to this in like four months and be like, oh my God, remember when we thought that they were done and then this happened? Like, fuck. You're, you're right. But I'm just, I really, really have my, my thing. I'm ready for things to pivot. Like I'm ready for, I'm just bored. I'm so bored with pop culture right now. And I'm not right now specifically because obviously we don't have pop culture, but like the things that we've been doing for the past few years, I'm just, oh, like I, I'm ready for things to pivot away from the Kardashians and for like new things to happen you know I'm just sick of being in their grips yeah I'm looking at the upcoming episode yeah what are the the themes of the episodes so this week is going to be Chloe wrestles with whether or not to send daughter to Cleveland to visit Tristan okay um Scott and Chloe plan their next prank on Chris that are going to top all previous pranks thank you um, the following week, um, Kim and Chloe are planning an epic surprise to celebrate Corey. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, Kim's helping an incarcerated man. Like, mm. all right, but we we saw that all before. Right. So it sounds like... It's going to be a Chloe-heavy season. Yeah, it's going to be a Chloe-heavy season for sure, and a lot of wacky C-plot episodes. Like, uh, those those little pranks that they do on Chris is like, ugh save me i cannot oh my gosh you guys like i can't i can't take it i can't take it i feel like i've broken the black mirror hold like i've like been like and then realized like whoa i've been watching this show for 10 years and never missed an episode whoa what the hell (laughs) because i'm also like freakishly loyal to it it's weird yeah i i'm like i'm like that in the same way like i you know, like, I'm, like, gritting my teeth watching Beverly Hills Housewives, but, like, yes. I'm gonna be watching the premiere live, so... For you know, sure. That's another real- show, not to get, like, off topic, but that's another show that I feel like is taking... That's, like, on, like, um, I, wanna, I don't know. There's, like, a turn being taken where it's, like, I don't... I, I don't know how long, much longer people will genuinely care about the, the Housewives like they did maybe six years ago. I mean, New York has still got a stronghold in Atlanta and Potomac. I think people are excited about the new season, but I think this is honestly like Beverly Hills' last chance before Andy either makes a big chop in terms of casting, like he did with Orange County, or Mm -hmm. just just folds it all together. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really bad. It's been so bad. bad. 
it's it's Shane at the like if even New Jersey's better than you guys at that point, like y'all gotta do something. I know, I know. Like when Jersey's having like this like the several iconic seasons in a row. Thank you, Margaret. Thank um, you, Margaret. <laughs> thank you for saving the show that Teresa couldn't save that she thought she could. <laughs> Your husband's in the pool. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> you can't. My husband. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for doing this with me. Do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, close the COVID Kardashians chapter? Um, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about how Kim is trying to sell um, her shapewear line and giving 20% of the proceeds to uh, COVID relief? Because that just me. For a fucking second about how they don't really give money. Where the fuck? Where am I wearing shapewear to, Kim? Like, Hello? <laughs> How are you selling Skims still? How? How are you promoting Skims? Like, how are you that tone deaf that you're promoting Skims on fucking Instagram? I told you this the other day. She tweeted, I, I thought about, and this was like literally like a week ago. So we've been pretty well into coronavirus. Like, if we're giving suggestions, you got to come up with better suggestions. She deleted the tweet because I bullied her and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said like oh I have all these suggestions for like what you can do to like beat the boredom um learn to do makeup um what was <laughs> look at apps literally she said look at apps I can't you're tweeting from an app Kim what do you think we're doing I can't <laughs> what the fuck and so like like I tweeted like okay how about you stop selling, trying to hawk your shapewear line for 20% and giving 20% of the proceeds to coronavirus? Um, Chloe, how about you, like, what the fuck are hospital workers going to be doing with the million pairs of jeans that you're donating? Like, where yeah. are they going to wear them to? I, I'm not going to wear a good American at the hospital. <laughs> like, that right. Help me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> like, and, and, yeah, I mean, I just don't understand, like, how about you guys let your nannies go home and pay them and raise your own kids? Yeah. How about that? How about that, Kim? Did you <laughs> die you watching the video of Kim um, have to parent her children <laughs> and like not knowing what to do? Of Norris going in while she's doing her makeup and she's like, Norris, please just give me a moment. Like that was maybe the real set. And I appreciated her seeing like her, baking her face mm-hmm. with banana powder and like trying to talk Norris out of like, you know, standing on the toilet like she was doing. Right. And I love when she thought she had like a moment where she could like whisper a little like mommy secret to us, like, <laughs> I'm so sick of my kids, they won't yeah. leave me alone. And Norris like, that was mean. <laughs> North, like, popped out of the toilet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I hope she pulled her hair real tight that day. I know. It's, like, right now would be the, uh, like, a really, really good moment for them to, like, like, I would actually love to see, if you really want to get me back, start vlogging. It, please. That's how you get me. Get on YouTube and vlog. And I'm not talking you sitting with fucking Mario and showing us a look that you did at, at the fucking 2012 Met Gala. I don't care. Vlog. And Chloe, why don't you tell the truth that uh, Tristan's living with you? How about that? How yeah. About we, how about we talk about that, Chloe? Like, that's what I would love. If the Kardashians started vlogging, I would literally start buying skins. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a Chloe to our daughter video and like, 
10 months tops and I want to see the whole like just do it now just do it yeah. now she's gonna get pregnant oh for sure you can't have a Jamaican man in your house and not get pregnant like come on are stupid. you kidding me are you kidding me <laughs> like you know that like at night especially because they can't she can't leave so she's like getting a little bit too day drunk and like getting <laughs> fucked and being like god damn it fuck yes fuck I fucked him <laughs> <laughs> He probably wakes up and is like, oh, God, here, I'm in doggy style. Once again, I, how yeah. did you get here? Nobody's God. supposed to be here, you know? Damn it, get your dick out of my mouth. It's like, <laughs> he's like dead asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, just tell the truth. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, you know, Tristan comes by to watch True and like, no, he doesn't. He comes out of the bedroom to go to True's bedroom. Like, yeah. stop playing with me. Tell the truth. Yeah. And it's like, it's also funny because I feel like the most private Kardashian in uh, Kendall um, mm-hmm. has potential to have like the best vlog channel. Like, of all the Kardashians, I would probably mostly want to watch Kendall vlog because I feel like she has the most fun life, but we don't get to see her do anything. Did you see that clip that went viral of her um, on Instagram Live with Justin and Haley? I don't think so. Um, it was just like a few days ago where Justin was like talking about how, you know, like basically like rich people shit. Like, oh, you know, people have been saying things about how like, you know, wealthy people are in their mansions and blah, blah, blah. And, and we work so hard and like, we shouldn't feel guilty about that. And, and you know, this, that, and the third, like we've worked so hard to get here and Haley and Ken were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, one, one of you worked hard and that was Justin. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Like, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like Haley Baldwin, I don't know about that, but I'll give it to you, Justin. But yeah, I mean, people were really upset about them just being like, oh, you know, like we worked so hard to get where we are and like we shouldn't feel bad about like having to quarantine in our gigantic 20,000 square foot mansions. I can't even keep, it's like, honestly, I can't keep up with how many celebrities, it's like, I almost feel like I've quarantined from Instagram because it's so unenjoyable right now. I like, it's so not fun to be on Instagram right now because they it's celebrities are ruining everything and then they're all getting on youtube stay off fucking youtube (laughs) let us have youtube go away and like the whole big conversation about like drake and his house that like discussing Mm -hmm. sls las vegas hotel of of a home that he has in toronto it's like i love drake for better for worse like i love him for the fact that he's corny as fuck and i love him as a rapper like i don't make apologies about that but i felt like Seeing that 30,000 square foot home and like how disgusting it was, like really made me feel some type of way. Yeah, like we are going to, like there is a, a, a thing happening right now with celebrity where like it's never been so uncertain. And again, this is like stuff that I just talked about for people listening, but it's never been so unclear as to like how it will shake out. Like what will celebrity look like when this is over? Because the entire celebrity cycle has ended. Like, they can't go on press tours. They can't do anything. They only can get on Instagram non 
stop. It's crazy. I mean, the day celebrity ended for me, it was like the day the music died, was when we saw Camila and Shawn Mendes like walking like the day, Dawn of the Dead very slowly on the sidewalk. Have you seen that? Of course. I talked about it too. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm, I mean, they're literally like my new, they're like my new like um, Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Carrie O'Donnell on Twitter who said that they look like the couple that you did blow with the night before and they tried to talk you into a threesome. It's like so awkward. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Like they are but it it's hilarious though because the like you still see publications okay this is the thing that's really interesting actually it's, i i'm happy that you're here because now i can like bounce these things off of you that i've just been like rattling to myself for an hour yeah so i think it's really interesting that now like we they have no choice but to be very it's like the only thing they can do is walk up their street right all they can do is walk <laughs> up and down their block with those cups right and <laughs> anybody standing there can take a video of them walking slowly to be photographed like it's really visible in a way that's like never really been you know they're not like walking out of the coffee bean they're walking up and down a driveway (laughs) and it's crazy looking but then the craziest thing about it is that you'll still see you know people magazine and cosmo and the daily mail being like you know the lovebirds were walking up the street with their coffee cups and like shared a little smooch it's like how dare you insult the public and write about this as if they like this loving couple was walk- like do you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really showing everybody's cards like the publications that are willing to like report this bullshit it absolutely yeah it, it's horrendous like it is so crazy to me that they are still being reported on as a couple the nerve yeah, I, this is what I want to see. Like, I want to see the cracks begin to show. Like, if you're going to go on Instagram Live, go on Instagram Live when you find out that your partner has been cheating on you and that exactly. you got COVID because of them. That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Really show us something. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for, you know, the inevitable moment when, you know, Justin just goes off on Haley mm-hmm. and she's got to, like, go to Instagram and be like, somebody please save me. Yeah, Ken Spinner. Um, I, those, these are the moments that I want to see. And like, don't go live until that happens. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, I don't. Thank you so much, Jesse Smollett. Like the way that you strum that uh, ukulele is amazing. <laughs> but like, do it in the mirror. I don't need you to film <laughs> your. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like enough. Thank you so much, Seth Myers. Your living room is amazing. Enough. I don't care. You don't uh, need to see Josh Gad crying. Oh my God. Like throw me off a bridge before you do that again. <laughs> I feel like I don't even see my friends on like my friends' stories anymore because all I see is like, you know, this celebrity's live with this person, like this celebrity's live with this person. Emma Roberts is live with fucking uh, Gary Busey. I'm like, what is happening? I don't... Uh, uh, the only <laughs> person that I find that I'm enjoying is Ramona Singer. And that's just because I like that she's just so unhinged. Like, on Easter, I think it was maybe the day before Easter, like, she's been spending a month with Mario and Avery. Oh, I know. I love that. I love that. And 
and on Easter, the day before, she posted a whole video of her, like, on the beach, genuinely upset because she couldn't be around the ones she loved. She literally said that. <laughs> You've been with your family for a month. Who are these people that you like? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. I really like her and Mario being locked away together, though. I really like it. I love it. I love that they make dinner every night. I love the whole thing. She's so lucky. Mario is literally, like, the fact that she could just have him if she wants him and she knows it is what's what I love about that relationship. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that Avery will post them, like, arguing over Game of Thrones because they're doing a rewatch of that. And it's just, it's a delight. That, that Ramona Singer is the only one who's allowed to go do poster stories. I'm, that, okay. I'm actually really okay with that. Thank you. I really am. Honestly, most of the housewives have, like, ironically not really been a problem for me on Instagram. Like, because they're all, like, business as usual, you know? It's the people who are now feeling like they need to infiltrate a space that they don't normally, like, like, YouTube is such a good example because it's, like, everybody now feels like they need a YouTube channel. You don't. You do not. Like, we do not need like all of these celebrities creating YouTube channels with this like bullshit content. Like we're already inundated enough with bullshit on YouTube with the fucking beauty community. Please don't no, Jessica Alba. I don't want, I don't want to see how you create cleaning, natural cleaning products. I don't No. I'm telling everybody right now, if you post a goddamn thing on Twitter about Lin-Manuel Miranda and his little sonnets and poems, I'm blocking, oh my you. I'm blocking you. I can't do it. God, this is going to be, maybe, you know, maybe we will all end up eventually putting our phones down. Maybe we'll say, you know what? No. <laughs> and we'll turn it over and set it down, screen side down, and just go yeah. do something. Taylor Armstrong, enough. Okay? Oh my God. <laughs> enough, enough, enough. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have any uh, any official closing Kardashian or celebrity quarantine thoughts that you want to get off your chest before we end? Um, no, I want to shout out to Kylie for donating a million dollars, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's it. I second that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kara, thank you so much for doing this. Tell people where they can uh, find you and your podcast and stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you can find me. My podcast is called Everyone's Business But Mine. So you can find that everywhere. You can follow me on Instagram at Everyone's Business But Mine. During COVID, I'm going to be doing pop culture nuggets of the day. So just mm-hmm. random things in pop culture over the years that come to my mind. So if you're interested in that, I would head over to that Instagram. Every one of your pop culture nuggets of the day sends me on like a crazy gig YouTube like. I, like, look at it and then immediately click over to YouTube and just, like, get stuck in my phone for an hour and a half. Like, fuck! <laughs> I got one that's, like, in transit. It UMG blocked it. It was a clip of Amy Winehouse about to get her Grammy. And, you know, she, like, couldn't come go to America because... Oh, yeah! Yes! I love that clip. <laughs> and they're doing it and they're announcing, like, the nominees. And Justin Timberlake was, like... Uh, nominated for What Goes Around Comes Around and she looks at the camera and is like What Goes Around Comes Around? Is that the name of it? And he's, she's just like disgusted. <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> oh god I miss Amy. Uh, she, I mean Winehouse forever. Winehouse god. Forever. She was so fucking funny and sharp so and like funny. quippy. 
God. So funny. Like, <laughs> she just could not hide her disgust over his work. And, like, I know that you would really vibe with that. So. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, you could just, like, I haven't watched that in a long time. So if you could just message it to me, that'd be really greatly appreciated. I'm on it as soon as I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Kara, I love you. Stay safe. Love you. You, you as well. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.